Falling in love with dance is so fun and so exciting because it's so multi-layered. There's so many things to love about it. This is Pathways, a series featuring current and former students of the Juilliard School on how to get accepted at one of the world's most renowned schools for the performing arts. Here's our host, Sebastian Winter. Hey, welcome to Pathways. My name is Sebastian Winter, and I'm really excited because today's guest is an incredible dancer who recently graduated from the Juilliard School and who will soon be joining Groundworks Dance Theatre for the next season. She's previously performed on the Jacob's Pillow Inside Out stage and has danced for the new Warner Brothers film In the Heights. Today's guest is no other than Miss Madison Panetta. Hey, Maddie, thanks for joining. <laughs> Lovely to be here. Excited for this. And just to get started, how did you fall in love with dance? It's the classic daughter with the parents that wants them to try everything. That whole scenario of like, let's put her in basketball, soccer. Oh wait, she's allergic to grass. We can't do soccer. Okay, dance. She loves to move. She loves music. She really isn't great at piano. Let's try dance. <laughs> and then that was the one class that I was always excited about. And sometimes at too excited, I would be like really, really talkative in class because I just like, I was just always so excited. But it was all from a place of just because I loved the people and I felt so at home every time I was at the studio and I didn't want to leave. I just wanted to stay there and take as many classes as I could. So they were like, oh, this is the one for her. And I was not the best <laughs> at dancing, but they knew I loved it. So they kept me in class and... I guess there was more potential there than I thought there was because it went from being just like me being, I did not take it really seriously until I was maybe like 11. I was just like messing around, you know, like being silly and just that was like my hangout time with all my friends. But they loved watching my face whenever I would be in class and coming out of class. They knew it was something that I loved and it stood out amongst the other activities I tried. Basketball, I did love, but... I was just, I was a little short thing, running really fast, could never make a shot, but I could run. So the legs, they were strong, maybe more for dance than for basketball. So yeah, I just stayed into it till then. And then when I moved to Texas, that's when I like really found out like, oh, because Texas has a lot of great dance programs and it made me take it more seriously and love it for like something that I can improve it, not just something for fun. Mm-hmm. You were a young teenager when you decided to leave Texas and move to New York on your own to pursue a career as a dancer. Can you tell us how that came about? Yeah. By the time I was 15, I auditioned for this program that I had done like summer programs with and they accepted me to the year-long trainee program. It's called the Joffrey Ballet School Jazz and Contemporary Program. And I flew to New York to do like the second part of the audition and see if it was the place for me. And, and it was an opportunity I just knew was like, meant to be. And it was it was a lot of trust for my parents. They had to trust that they had raised me right and like I could do this. I could be on my own and it was crazy for me like to be kind of like starting that idea of like a college experience, you know, like moving away from your family. But I just loved dance so much and my parents saw it as something that was more than just a hobby. So I ended up here and 
living on my own already at 16 was intense, but it made me have to mature really fast in a good way. You just mentioned that you weren't the greatest when you started, but to get into Juilliard, you have to be really good at what you do. Let's talk about your work ethic and how you trained in order to reach a level of skill that you're on today. Yeah, it was such a journey. When I started to take it seriously, I didn't really know how to get the opportunities that people thought I could get. And a lot of people believed in me more than I really knew. And I knew I had a lot of potential, but I just, I didn't know how to put myself out there. And I remember one of my teachers and my director at my dance company, but specifically a lot of my teachers who I did like solos with, they just were like, you know what, Maddie, like you were so good. You need to like get serious. And I was like, what does that mean? But I found out that really it's just about presence. And like we would do these like conventions where you would go into these big studios with hundreds of people your age. We're all like dressed in like cute little outfits, just like dancing and having fun. But in the end, there's like these auditions for scholarship money to like go to a convention again, but with a discount or for free. And that was really cool. And I quickly learned that I had this presence that I knew how to finally turn on. I, it was more like, it was always natural, but I found out like, oh, I love to perform. And I learned how to finally turn on that performance light that I had inside and it started to become more of a, oh, this audition led me to getting these scholarships. And I learned that in auditions is when I should just be myself and turn on that light and not be so involved in everyone else. And that was what helped me to improve because before that it was very much like, and it always will be a community thing for me, but it was less that when I was doing auditions and stuff and trying to be, you know, serious about it, I realized that I am supported by my community, but when I'm in an audition, they want to see me. They don't want to see me and my pals, you know, having fun. They do want to see you having fun, but they want to see what makes you stand out. And that was when I realized, okay, I have this performance, like this light. My mom always says light, and I think that every performer and artist kind of has their own version of that, their light or their aura. And I learned that It's all about turning that on. And you can have your technique, you can have your foundation, but without that light, you can't be seen. And I quickly learned how much I had in myself and how I just had to trust that. And that made me feel like I could connect more through the wall or through the fourth wall or to the audience, to the judges. That's really what changed dance. And from being like good and enjoying it to being I don't want to say one of the best, but like something that made them at least want me to come to New York and then to Juilliard. It was really just trying to shine my own light, not trying to be like everyone else. You know, no comparing, but just being me. Now, how do you develop confidence, especially as a young artist? When it comes to confidence, it's all mental Those days when you don't feel great are the days that you probably do your worst in class or dance your worst. Or it's really just being present. I think that's very much tied to being confident. And I feel like the only way you can have that confidence is to be fully there and fully present. And that was a big thing for me is just like by doing the work and being present in it and by every time I was performing, being present in every movement and every aspect of what I was doing, I was showing this confidence outward. And that was just radiating because I was so in it and present in the moment. 
And that confidence built the more I did that because it was just really igniting myself and my light more and more every time. And that was, I had to learn that confidence is not about me being like, oh, I'm so good. It's really about me just like being myself and working hard, of course, but like knowing that I have this to share. And that was what I was confident in. Not that I could do the most turns or do the most tricks, because that definitely was not how I felt. It was more like the performance quality aspect and like sharing my art for people was what I was confident in because I was so present every time I would be on stage or in front of people dancing. Since you mentioned the aspect of being present, does meditation play a role in your life? You know, what I really found helped me was mantras. And that's like in a way a form of meditation I I had so much stage fright. Like I used to go on stage and freeze up. I used to be so, so stuck every time I'd go on stage. And it was just because I was so in my head and not present and just always overthinking everything. And my teacher, Jessica Morell, shout out, um, she told me about mantras. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but I learned that if I took a lot of deep breaths in a meditative way, and repeated my mantra over and over again, that's all I could think of. And that's all I could be present with is that mantra in my head as I was dancing. And my mantra that I use to this day, probably since I was like 14, is I am strong, I am confident, I can do this. It's so simple, but so effective. Because if you repeat those sentences, you can change them and make it however you want. Repeating sentences that are only like uplifting yourself over and over again, it's like really hard to cloud your mind with your judgments and overthinking and the stress because all you can think of is, I'm strong, I'm confident, I can do this. Maybe you don't feel that confident that day, but the more you say it, you're kind of faking it till you make it. And with the deep breaths and that repetition, it really grounds me. And I would say I also say some sort of prayer and that's like another addition to that meditation before going on stage or to an audition and if I also f ever feel nervous when I'm actually performing or in the audition I'll just keep repeating the same mantra and that's all I can think of whenever I'm dancing if I'm nervous <laughs> let's talk about mentors and role models yeah I've learned the importance of mentors and whether it's like a serious day-to-day -day mentor that you talk every day or just people that you can confide in, it's so important. And those people, they want to do that for you because it's all the experiences that every artist is going through that, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast. It's like, why not spread our experiences and our learning and the lessons to each other? Because that's all we want is more succession, more excitement for the art and learning more and more of how to do this crazy, amazing thing. But yeah, I really have looked up to a lot of people, someone that really stands out who I work with now every day. Um, her name is Rena Butler, and you've heard me talk about her before. She, she seriously is a woman that is the living being of what my mantra is. Like She's strong, she's confident, and she seems like someone that can do anything. And in the dance world, she's done so much. But then I, I've learned that through all of this amazing stuff that she's been doing, she's a human. And that's what inspires me the most, is knowing that she's going through her own battles and, and learning and lessons. And that's what a mentor should be, is a human that is going through so much, has done amazing things, and can really guide you to go on your own path. And using their experiences has really helped me. 
And I have a lot of other mentors, but really she stands out as one of the people that I I feel like, oh, I have an audition. Like, do you have any thoughts? And really, I know what I need to do when I go to these auditions. But having those people to just be like, you know, you can do this. I believe in you. I mean, obviously, my mom and dad are also people that are the like main supporters in my life, of course, which I'm very lucky. But having that support from those mentors and from like someone that you are close to, your best friends, your partners, you know, that's what's going to keep you going. They are the ones that are going to help you. Is there any specific piece of advice that your mentors have passed on to you and that's really helped you over the years? I would say just using all that is offered to you and trying to do your best to not take shortcuts has really been some of the most helpful advice. And with that, it can relate to anything, like with when it comes to like, you know, going through college. There's so much that's offered to you. And it's really hard to get everything and like suck everything up. But I feel like there's so much time to get stuck and feel lost when you're in college where you forget like you have all of these things that you should be taking up and soaking up. And in the end, you might regret that you didn't do that because if you're taking shortcuts just to get through, which, you know, is a natural thing to do and it's not a problem, it's it's happens, but you might regret missing out on the things that you could have been soaking up. And I feel like that is something that has helped me to like continually stay present in the moment. Let's talk about your journey to Juilliard. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide to apply for their Bachelor of Fine Arts program? I just knew I really wanted to go to college. Like I was here in New York already. I had done a year with the Joffrey program here in New York and I really loved dance and I knew like, okay, I want to be a professional dancer. And I spoke to other mentors about this and one of the mentors being from Juilliard really suggested, you know, dance, if you really want to keep doing it, and you want to become as well-versed and well-rounded as you can, why not, you know, go to college for this? You're already here in New York as an independent artist, but college will nurture this well-roundedness and more lessons than you could ever imagine. I auditioned for, like, I think only four different colleges, Juilliard being one of them, just so that I could continue to be here in New York training. And really, Juilliard, I did not think I would have gotten into. I actually auditioned for the Juilliard Summer Dance Intensive twice and didn't get in two times in a row. But I think that's what made me feel so like happy to be in the audition because I was like, you know what? They might not want me again, but I'm just here now. I'm not trying to prove anything. And I worked my booty off throughout the, t the years that I was getting rejected because I was like, okay, I'm not ready yet, you know? And I always saw Juilliard as this like, crazy unreachable thing that was just like this dream school that everyone that's a good dancer has to go to to be the best and that's actually not true I think it's really just a place that has so many opportunities ever since I moved to New York and had that opportunity I think I just knew like whenever there's opportunity to keep going with it I got to take it and when Juilliard accepted me by the way on my birthday I got the call I was really really shocked because I hadn't gone to the summer intensive twice. I like, obviously I was more confident in myself as a dancer by then, but I was so shocked. And Juilliard was a place that I was like, okay, this is really what I want to do. Like, I want to dance. I want to be professional. This is like a bridge to continue that and to continue exploring. And I was like, yeah, I really want to go here. I need to make this happen. 
So it was insane to like get accepted. Mm -hmm. Now, for anybody who's planning to audition for Juliet's dance program, what mindset has helped you in order to handle nervousness and performance anxiety? It's a class. It's not just, you know, you're not just there to impress people. You're definitely not there to impress people. You're there to enjoy yourself and have a class. And I think that that mindset switch really helped me to not be nervous when it came to auditioning as well as performing. It's like specifically with like taking class as an audition. That's a class. That's a class that you signed up for. So take the advantage of the class. Take it as a normal day-to-day -day class. Enjoy it. And honestly, that will probably make them like you more because you're just having fun, you know? Having fun and taking advantage of what you have is like kind of hand-in-hand because hand, like, it's really enjoyable to really just use what is given to you. It's like a gift. Everything that we do is a gift when it comes to art. Like an audition can be a burden, but it can also just be a fun time to dance with strangers maybe or dance with your friends in front of strangers. It's just another performance and it's really fun and that makes it all the nerves go away on like, oh, I have to do this, I have to be this, I have to do this perfectly. No, I'm just there to take class and if I get something, I get something. If I don't, I don't. But at least I soaked up and took advantage of what I was just given. You mentioned that you worked really hard throughout the years before applying to Juilliard's undergraduate program. Let's dig a bit deeper and talk about your training and your work ethic during that time that eventually qualified you to get into Juilliard. Mm. You know, it was all the same thing. It's the mentors and it's the being present. And I felt like the reason those Juilliard summer intensive auditions went so badly <laughs> is because I was so in my head. And I was back in that space where I was before when I used to have stage fright of like not being able to just like trust myself and enjoy the process. So whenever I was in school or like in the program with Joffrey, I just tried to enjoy every single class. And that already helped me improve greatly. And when it came to processes with outside choreographers or like master classes, I felt like I could get a lot more from it and perform even better because I was just really enjoying it. And I think the teachers and choreographers, they saw that. I was just hungry. And it wasn't like to get into a college. When I was at Joffrey, it was really just to get the most I could out of the class and just because I just loved it like more and more every day because I, improvement was so satisfying and connection to myself was so satisfying. And like falling in love with dance is so fun and so exciting because it's so multi-layered. There's so many things to love about it. And the way that I progressed was enjoying each class, asking as many questions as I could. I was always very observant and just watching how people are in class and watching how teachers are and choreographers really taught me a lot. So really just seeing what's around you and using that to continue and push yourself because I saw people who really worked so hard and I was so inspired by that. And I saw myself sometimes wanting to be as hardworking as them. But it was never from a place of competition. It was just from a place of, wow, you are so amazing at what you do. So that was what really pushed me to progress as I was like, I want to be working as hard as I can because that person there is doing their thing and they are just living in the moment and not in their head. And they probably were in their head many times, but from the outside, you see these people that are working so hard. They're all going through their own struggles, but the ones that are getting better is just because they are being present as much as they can. 
yeah, I think that's what led me to improve so much because I was just trusting myself. I feel like if you are meant for your art, obviously it takes practice, but also there's something inside you that like, it sounds so corny, but we all have this like gift that can manifest inside of us, but we just have to find a way to let it physicalize on our outer space. And I feel like that really just takes the trust and your love for it. And it comes out more and more, the more you trust it. Now, say I'm a young dancer in my preteens. What advice would you give me? How can I immerse myself in that world to improve as a dancer? Mm, there's a lot. I think if dance is what you want to do, I think very similar to the music world, doing like summer programs or winter programs or any sort of like workshops, that is what teaches you the most, I feel like, and how to get better and how to like make it something that's real for you. And the moment I started doing summer programs and, and also like maybe leaving the space that I always was, like t doing a summer program in San Francisco or doing one in like a different part of Texas and just like moving around and being a little bit more independent, I had the space to focus really on dance and learn what wasn't in my day-to-day -day practice and learn more about how other people are approaching dance. And I think that was doing those summer programs is the most important thing. So really like Googling summer programs near me or summer programs to apply for and applying for as many as you can. That is really, I feel like when you're like 11, 12, 13, like a preteen, if you really want to dance, it's time to really learn from people from all around. Because I feel like if I would have just stayed in one spot, like I would learn so much from those people, but I wouldn't know what else is out there. And those summer programs is what really got me further in my love and also like improvement because changing your space that you're dancing every day or doing your art every day is really, really important because not repeating those day-to-day -day habits is what's really important when it comes to improving as an artist. I would also say Googling companies that you've seen online and like watching people that inspire you, that definitely is a big deal. And seeing what their path was and seeing how they got there, that's always a lesson to be learned. Like all the people that are really amazing at their craft, if you Google and like see their biography and like see where they studied and see who was their mentors, that's really always a helpful thing because we all have different journeys. So having knowledge of all these amazing people's journeys really can help you shape your own journey and talk to people about it. Where do you suggest I begin my Google search in terms of dance companies? Who's inspired you? One of my favorite companies to watch is Netherlands Dance Theater. Just because they're a company that's so technically able, but also like the artistic choices and performance qualities they each have is so high level and so pristine though at the same time. But also like It's just the ability, the people that inspire me the most are the companies and dancers that have the ability to be clean and pristine, but get that rawness and storytelling out. So yeah, I would definitely say Complexions was one of the first companies that inspired me. Netherlands Dance Theater. And searching, of course, I loved ballet. Some ballet dancers I really looked up to, like Misty Copeland, especially being a dancer of color. Reading her book and seeing her journey and like, listening to interviews about her, that also really helped me learn a lot about how to keep progressing, especially when odds are against you. For me, in a different sense than her, but she's definitely someone I looked up to when it came to being a professional. And 
there's like the icons that are old icons, of course, like Martha Graham and Alvin Ailey, those modern dance, like American modern dance people also are like huge inspirations and their teachings and lessons really paved the way. It's really amazing to learn about the history of that. But right now, I'm, I would say I'm so inspired by my peers more than anything and seeing how my peers are in day-to-day class. Like those people can inspire you sometimes even more intimately than a celebrity icon. But I think when you have these people, your peers that are close to you and that you're studying with day-to-day, those are the people that you should be talking to. Those are the people that are going through the same experiences but in different ways, and you can learn so much from them, as well as your teachers that you see day-to-day and your mentors that you talk to. And take inspiration from outside places. Like Honestly, my parents, seeing their work ethic and how they have become who they are, and they have always taught me a lot about dance, even though they're not dancers. They have this amazing work ethic and this amazing determination. So really, the people around you can almost inspire you way more than a famous company, because that's who you surround yourself with. Wow, that's a fantastic perspective. On a more personal note, for the last year or so, you and I have been collaborating on a very meaningful project. And I'm wondering, how do collaborations like ours inspire you as an artist? Yeah, I love talking. (laughs) I love talking about art and I love learning about other people's arts that they love just as much as me or maybe even more. It's so inspiring. So really, when it comes to collaborating, it all comes from a place of us, whoever I'm collaborating with, we both just are like just so excited about what we're doing and our passions. And it always comes in a place of, hey, like, you and I, we both love what we do. Let's make something together. Let's make something magical and just enjoy it, you know? And it's never about really just the final product. I think that's what I love so much about collaborating is that the gift of it all is the process of it because this collaboration is so special since we are mixing our two hobbies, our two loves, arts together and discussing how we do that and learning from each other is so amazing. I feel like music and dance mirror each other in different ways, but there's also so many differences when it comes to that type of collaboration. Like working with composers, I've worked with a couple, you being one, and of course I did a choreo comp thing here at Juilliard and that really, really inspired me because you learn so much about the creation of music and the creation of a piece of music and how similar it is to creating dance, but also how articulate and specific it is and how there's so many differences and how it's really just built from this enjoyment of creation. That's the best thing about collaboration. It's not about the product, it's about the creative process. And that's how you should start any process you go into is enjoying that creative process and that connection to another artist. That's just so, it's like a magical relationship that is hard to explain to people who don't collaborate when it comes to artistic collaboration because it's such a special connection to talk to other artists about their separate arts and working with them is so fulfilling because you are not only giving them something, but they're also giving you something and creating something together is so rewarding. 
Now, to apply to Juilliard, do you have to be a choreographer as well as a dancer? Mm. And can you tell us a little bit about your experience of auditioning here? Yes. So the Juilliard audition is pretty intense. There are so many different rounds, and each one leads to the next, and there's cuts with every single one. So you don't necessarily need to be a choreographer, though, to answer your first question. It's more about being a dancer and a person. They interview you so they know if you're the right fit. But the first round is a ballet class. So you're in a room with like probably 50 other people and you have numbers on and you really go through a normal ballet class. For people who don't know, it's a ballet bar. Like there's dancing at the bar and they watch you from these tables in the front. And then you put away the bars and then you do the center and you, then you go across the floor. And you're just doing a bunch of different exercises and do your best to pick them up right away so you're not making mistakes. But it's really just a class, a normal ballet class. And from there, they make cuts. And it's always interesting to see like who gets cut and who doesn't because it's really not about like who can do the best. I feel like when I something I learned from doing three different Juilliard-related auditions is it's not about who's the best. It's really... There's so much more that people look at when it comes to auditions. You have no idea what they're looking for, but it's not just like, ooh, you can do this really well because there's there's so much more to an artist than being good at like the shallow things in dance, like which is just like the technique. I mean, it's not shallow, but like just technique is not going to get you through a Juilliard audition. That really helps you. You need to have technique, but I feel like the first round is very much them just seeing who is present and who isn't, like, scared out of their mind, and also who is having a good time. That round happens. Then it goes to modern, and that is basically the same idea. It's another, like, classical dance-style class, and they watch you do that class. You go across the floor. You do center things, and there's cuts after that. And then from there, you know, it changes every year, so there might be new things for new classes, but there's some sort of solo performance so you have to come with something prepared you come with a short solo that you perform for the judges or the panel I should say it's not a competition it's an audition you perform for them and then from there there could be another cut the first cut by the way from from ballet to the next class went from 50 to nine people so if that tells you anything right away they know who is present in the room and who has the confidence and who maybe is someone that they can give something to. Because it's really like a school is in a way like a business that, you know, you're paying for it and they have to be able to be someone that can like give you something to leave with, you know, make you better. So they want to look for people that they feel like will do that, will soak up a lot from them. And you can kind of see that very clearly, people who have that potential to be worked with or and people who are open um, so I would say that first cut is just kind of like picking those people who you think, who they think are open and wanting to learn and improve. And then you're, in your solo specifically, it's really like your personality, what makes you stand out amongst the rest. And then there's, you know, learning rep is another round. Um, and really watching you like learn and pick up choreography and ask questions and listen to other people's corrections and how you put that into your own body and how you interact with everyone in the room 
being a kind person, but not like overly chatty. Just like all that is like into perspective when they're watching you from the front. Because it's really just like I said, like you're taking classes and you're just doing that though with people watching you. And each cut was like, okay, who is still in it really? Who is working hard and who can we keep pushing? And who is here because they love it? That was really, I think, a big part of it too because all of us were having so much fun. By the time there was only six of us in the room, we were all really getting along and just during the breaks enjoying ourselves. And I think that's what made the audition way more fun for me is that I wasn't there to like, oh, I can't talk to everyone. I need to be on it and serious. It's just like enjoying it. And then there's an interview. So after we have all of these rounds, they just want to get to know you a little more. I was interviewed by the director at the time, Larry Rhodes. The first thing he said to me was, right away when I saw you in ballet, I knew you were a smart dancer. And that was something that has stuck with me forever because now I'm like, okay, I want to be that everywhere I go. I want to be a smart dancer. And, you know, you can take that however you want, but I feel like he he said exactly what I had been trying to work on, which is like, being present and soaking up everything and just taking the class is the smartest thing you can do in an audition because then you're not taking so much time being stressed. You're just taking the class. And he saw me, I think, really listening, applying, and working hard. And that's what a smart artist does is they take what they have, they listen, they learn, and then they apply it as much as they can. And yeah, the rest of the interview was really fun, just like, getting to know me and also me getting to know him, that's another thing when it comes to auditions. I think try to separate the idea that like the people auditioning you are like this hierarchy above you. I think they enjoy you more if they feel like you can talk to them and they can talk to you back. Just like in any relationship, I feel like you want it to feel like something that isn't like a weird hierarchy. You want to be able to talk to them and ask them questions because in reality, auditioning for college is an audition for you, but also you're auditioning the college. You're auditioning the people you might be giving your money to and training with for four years or however long. So being confident in that also makes it even more fun because you are auditioning them. Turn it around, turn the tables because it's way less pressure if you know like this is an experience for me to find where I want to go, not for them to like pick me because I'm great. I'm picking them because they can give me something and I can give them something. It's equal, even though it's it doesn't seem like it. It's That's what art is. Everyone is just trying to give and receive and give and receive and it's a circle of that. In terms of faculty members, did she already know beforehand who was teaching at Juilliard? And did you apply here with that in mind? Actually, I would say the Juilliard dance program is so different than the Juilliard music program because I know for music, it's very much about like teachers. And I would say that the teachers here at Juilliard are known to be amazing and like great teachers, but you don't apply because of those teachers specifically. Like I'm not applying to work with one teacher. I would say that the reason you apply for Juilliard is because it's so well-rounded in like the different types of teachers because we don't have one single main teacher that we train with specifically and more intimately than the others. We have a bunch of different classes with different teachers and then we have an artistic director and an associate director. And those people are what makes the dance program what it is. 
it's really not about like one specific person. You do your research, you know, like Therese Cappuccilli. <laughs> she is the. If Martha Graham was reborn, that would be Therese, who is our Graham teacher, and she's been here at Juilliard for a while, and she's definitely a huge part of Juilliard. People like her, because there's a lot of other teachers that I respect so much, and. They are the people that definitely make Juilliard so exciting because they are from the source of the people that started the big dance movement in New York and in America, actually, not just New York, you know. And those teachers really sold it too for me, like knowing that I'm learning from people who learned from the goats. <laughs> like they are giving me what they have. But also, like, honestly, the name Juilliard, it's so funny when I was younger, now that I'm older and have just graduated, like, it's so different what I. See it as, but I was like, yes. Honestly, don't need to know much more. If it's Juilliard, I'm gonna go. In my head, that's what I was. I think I was there sometimes, but then really trying to take it seriously, I was like, okay. But what do I actually applying for? <laughs> Other than this like dream celebrity school in my head, prestigious school. There's actually so many amazing teachers and so many amazing people that I'm gonna connect with. So yeah, I didn't apply for just one. I applied for the program as a whole. What have you learned since leaving Juilliard that you wish you had already known while you were studying here? I feel like I learned that you can't take everything so personally. And I feel like I wish I knew that already in school and then coming out of school. And I do know that really well now. And that's, I think, what's helped me like sustain myself and like progress and get these different opportunities that I'm going to be doing. It's that you just got to do your thing and not take things so personal and just not be overthinking every situation involving other people and you. Like in college, I felt like I was so focused on like people's perspectives on me and taking that so to heart was so damaging and not helpful at all. <laughs> really, it just harmed me more and kept that idea of being present from my reach. Like that was what I was missing for like maybe the first two years of Juilliard was that I was really so focused on what my teachers were thinking of me, what my classmates even, which they were probably just worried about themselves. Actually, I know they were because we all talk about it. Just know that it's so much about not worrying about everyone else's ideas and thoughts on you because they really just want to be there for themselves. And when you go into the real world, you see that even more that it's not about you. Nothing is about you. It's all about some bigger thing. Like when you're auditioning for companies, It's really not about you when it comes to who they choose. It's about what they need for the company and what they're looking for might be specifically, okay, they're looking for a male-identifying dancer that is six foot. Okay, I can audition still, but they're probably not going to pick me. And you might not even know that going into that audition, which sucks, but you can't just think like, oh, it's because I suck. I didn't get this job because I did terribly. I mean, unless you felt like you really did terribly, you probably— were not chosen for many, many other factors. It's not personal to just how you performed in that audition. And just taking that to heart in every situation, it's never personal. There's so many factors that creates our days, that creates our lives, and creates our character, and it affects everything. So just knowing that and having that open perspective to know, like, it's not all about me <laughs> and it's not personal will help you to continue to be present and to continue to improve. If you don't mind, let's talk about how you take care of your body, both mentally as well as physically. Yeah. Our body is like the most important thing. 
as well as our psyche and our mind. And that's a lot. (laughs) That's our whole being. And it's really about taking care of yourself. I think everyone finds a balance. Like you don't want to overwork yourself when you're not in class or performing. You want to make sure you're balancing rest time and work time and cross-training time. And the same thing with food. I quickly learned that the more you hyperfixate and hyperfocus on what you're putting in your body, the less enjoyable it becomes to eat and like to enjoy what you're having. And then it becomes like a chore, a job. And I think when it comes to dance, there's a lot of problems with like relationships with food. And I definitely have struggled with that. Reconnecting to ourselves as like children. We just eat because we want to eat. We're hungry. We're moody when we're hungry. So how is that going to affect you as a dancer when you're literally depending on like your body? If you are not eating enough, you're not going to feel great. If you're only eating fried food, you're probably not going to feel great. But with that, as a kid, you know, we just, we're not overthinking, oh, I can't have this dessert today. Like, it's just like, what's in front of us and what are we craving? I think as a dancer, that's all you need to do. I feel like I've been dancing my best now that I'm older because I'm eating food that I love and I'm nurturing my body, but I'm not like weighing myself every moment, like worried about what I'm putting. But, I, you know, overall, just knowing that food is fuel and obviously I need to eat some broccoli. I need to eat some greens. I need to eat fruits. I need to have vegetables and I can't just survive off of white bread, you know, and I think that's pretty easy to do if you just have a balance and just eat what you want. I just wanted to really focus on that because I feel like as a dancer, it becomes so much about like, I need to look a certain way. But if you are hyper fixating on everything you eat, the stress is also going to affect how your body feels and looks. So just knowing that it all comes from a place of nutrition and fueling ourselves and it makes you appreciate food more because then you're like, oh, this is literally my fuel. Like I'm a car and food is my fuel. It's not like a punishment and it's not just like for fun. It's actually like making me able to do the amazing things I can. And then when it comes to working out, I think just knowing that you feel better physically and mentally when you work out or like just move, but also knowing that there's limits and time for rest is really important. I still need to focus on that a lot. Like I definitely... I'm always moving and doing as many things as I can to stay fit. But having time to breathe and also sleeping enough is really important. I do not get my eight hours of sleep a night, but I recommend doing that (laughs) if you can. Because sleep and food, very important things. It's a work in progress always. And there's no answer of how to eat or how to sleep or how to cross train It's just whatever you feel like is best for you. Wow, thank you. That's incredible advice. Now, last but not least, I would love to know what's your favorite thing to do here in the city? Hmm. I mean, I love apartments, like going to your friends' places. That's probably my favorite thing about New York is that like we all just like can hang out in each other's apartments and like walk to the train and get to your friend's place. It's so special. Food here in New York, obviously amazing. Can always go for Thai. Got to get my curry or some noodles. Like, mm, always really good. Italian food, pizza. You know, it's New York. Bagels. Okay, let me just say something about that. (laughs) New York City bagels are just the best. And 
I love that every time I come to New York, I instantly crave a bagel and I instantly crave Thai food. So if you need more recommendations, hit me up. <laughs> I will tell you the best places for Thai food and bagels and Italian food because Italian food in New York is also iconic and delicious. So how can people reach out to you and ask you about those food recommendations? Ah, yes, yes. My Instagram is maddieelise99. So Maddie, M-A-D-D-I-E, another E, L-I-S-E for Elise, 99, because, yeah, 1999. I'm still a 90s kid, okay? Um, but yeah, you can follow me there. <laughs> awesome. Maddie, thank you so much for joining us today. It was amazing talking to you. Thanks for having me. 